threw that in there. Ruth chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 19. We are primarily going to talk about a woman named Naomi tonight. And Naomi's going home. It kind of reminds me of a woman named Dorothy. A girl named Dorothy who had a nice little home in Kansas. And all of a sudden a tornado came. And she didn't know up from down, from inside, from out, north, south, east, from west. She was lost and she didn't know where home was and nothing would do her but to get home. She was in hot pursuit of home. It didn't matter that a talking scarecrow came along and a tin man and a lion, a bunch of monkeys and a witch could not get her off track from her focus to get home. And Dorothy got home. She got home when she woke up from a dream. But for Naomi, she's going home from devastation and she's going home from destruction. But you know what she's going to find when she gets there? That home is still home. There's there's a lot of Christians that are out and about in the world and, and it's no good and they need to come home. And, and the, the thought I had about coming home is that, that home is still home. You know, I, uh, there was a, my home I grew up in, I lived in it for 16 years. It stayed in the family for almost 40 years. And even though I didn't live there, it was just the stability of knowing that we had it. Next thing you know, it almost rotted to the ground. It's gone and, and, uh. Our home in heaven isn't like that. Home with the Lord, home in fellowship with the Lord isn't like that. Look with me in verse 19. It says, so they went, they as in Naomi and Ruth. Not going to talk a lot about Ruth tonight, but a lot about Naomi. So they went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi? Seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. We're going to stop right there, and we're going to share four verses tonight. And we're going to, we're going to share three thoughts tonight about going home. We're going to talk about the way back home. We're going to talk about the word back home and we're going to talk about the wealth back home. Now, when I say the way back home, they were literally on their way back home. Naomi is leaving Moab. Ruth goes with her. Orpah, she stayed. She went back to the world. But Ruth says, I'm going with you. I'm going to this promised land. And... And you might consider the distance 
on the way back home. It was some seven to ten days journey to get back there. You might consider the difficulty for them to get back home because they had to go back across the Jordan River and Looking at the map and, and looking at the geography, it was like 2,000 feet of elevation to go back home. Some would be tempted to, to just stop somewhere along the way and say, this looks good and we'll just stay there. It's, it's kind of like, we don't know it all, we can't see it all, the preacher doesn't see it all in someone, but you just kind of think, you know, someone's been away and then... And then you see them come back after a while, then they're in the church service for a few weeks. And, and man, you just want to hook them and, and reel them back in. But you know that the Lord has to do it. And next thing you know, they're, they're gone. They, did, they didn't come all the way home. They just kind of thought about it. That's not the way it is with Naomi. There's some distance, there's some difficulty, but there's a determination for Naomi. She knows that she's been in the wrong place far too long. And she knows where she needs to be. She's determined to get back home. She knows what it is to be home. And now she's known what it has been to be away. And she's been gone far too long and far too distant. She has a determination and she goes back home. Thinking about going back home, you know, there's the details. And the details aren't many. The detail of this trip back home is it's Naomi and it's Ruth by her side. It's two on the trip back home. And, and that's all we have. That's all we have for the details of this trip of going back home. I wonder why that is. We, we don't know. We don't know. But one thing we do know is when God is working on a heart and there is repentance... Some quiet time might go hand in hand with that. It's a serious time. It's a solemn time. It's a broken time with God. And Naomi has a repentant heart. So though Ruth is right there by her side, she might not be much company. It might have been a pretty quiet trip home as she, as she considers what's happening. This repentant heart. She's changed her mind about going, going to Moab and leaving the Messiah. So now she's in repentance. A change of mind and heart leads to a change of action. She's leaving the world, and she's going back to the Lord. And she can. And she's, she's going home. And home's still there. Praise the Lord. She's going back. The backslider's going home. And while it could have been a very quiet time, and a time of repentance, there, there could also be a time of anticipation as you think about Naomi going back home to God's people, to the promised land, to where the Lord is, to where the inheritance of God's people is. That's where she's going. Look, the way back home, no doubt, gave anticipation of honor. In verse 19... It says she's going back home to Bethlehem. But if you look in verse 7, go back to verse 7, she's, we see that they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. They're going back home to Bethlehem, Judah. And Judah means praise. And that word's quickly tied to honor. Closely tied to honor. There hasn't been much honor of the Lord. 
I just, I just wonder, wonder with me how long it's been since Naomi's truly honored the Lord being in that environment of Moab and being there backslidden. She's just deliberately walked away from the promised land. I wonder when the last time she honored the Lord was. There's honor of the Lord going on in the promised land though. And she, that's a place where you can honor the Lord. And, and she's headed back there. So she can anticipate honor. Honoring the Lord. Probably been quite a long time since she has. But she can not only anticipate honor, but the way back home gave anticipation of, of Him. Of the Lord. Look with me back in verse 6 for just a minute. It says, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited His people in giving them bread. The Lord visited His people. The Lord was there with His people. I've heard many times someone say, if God seems far away, guess who moved? The answer to that is us. We moved. Naomi moved. She moved away from the Lord. She moved to a wicked land. She moved to the world. She went to the world in Moab. She moved. She knew the Lord, but she wasn't experiencing His presence, His joy, or His comfort. That happens by a close walk with the Lord. That happens by being very close to Him. And she has not been close to Him. But she's returning And you think about Christians who may delay, may never turn back to the Lord. Why why is that? They just let the shame get the best of them. They let pride get a hold of them. To not humble themselves before God. to, To really fully repent. Many don't do that. But Naomi is. And guess what there is? When one walks in repentance, there is, there is joy in repentance because one is coming back to the closeness of the presence of the Lord. In the 16th Psalm and the 11th verse, it says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. She had some scraps in Moab as in she stayed alive and she had something to eat. She was physically alive. So God pours out His blessings. It rains on the just and the unjust. But I tell you, the sweet blessings of the Lord are poured out where He's working, where He's at, where His will is. And that's where Naomi's coming back to. And there is joy in the presence of the Lord. There's no better friend to be close to than the one who laid down His life for you. There is joy there. There's a great relationship there. There is one that sticketh closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. What great anticipation Naomi could have as she can anticipate him. The Lord visits his people. He's there. She's going back to the Lord. That that just trumps any of the people of God and what some people there that might not be in the will of God might be thinking and what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? 
Hey, come on. The Lord is there. The Lord is there when we come back to His will. He is the one that justifies us. And He is the one who, who accepts us. We can anticipate Him. If we come back to Him. The way back home gave anticipation of help. It was Judah. It was Bethlehem Judah that she was going back to. And Bethlehem is the house of bread. The best provision for, for any human being's life is where the Lord's working and where the Lord doles out His blessings. Man, that, that ought to strike a nerve. That ought, that ought to get people. That ought to get people in this world. That ought to get people like Naomi that are out and far off. Trying to do it their own way. The best provisions one can have is by being close to the Lord. I mean, that's where people don't want to let go of control and they want to do it their own way and they want to try to take steps to make sure they have what they need when the Lord promises to give us what we need. How many people have such anxiety sometimes about the bills and about what's coming and and our needs met and the very best place to be is in the will of God and close to God. He is a mighty provider. He is an amazing provider. Let us be close to Him in fellowship. Even through the famine. You remember that's why the family left. That's why Elimelech took his family away. Because of a famine in the land. The Lord doesn't promise that everything's always going to be great. There's slim seasons for the people of God sometimes. He'll always meet our needs. You know, we're always maybe looking for a little extra. He promises to meet our needs. That doesn't mean it's not going to be slim. That doesn't mean it's not going to be tight sometimes. But look, fellowship with the Lord ought to be more persuasive than a famine in the land. Where, what do we sing? So, Where could I go but to the Lord? Let us say that in the slim season rather than looking at what we can go off and do in our own ability. Probably, man, it's dangerous out there. Don't go to Moab. That's a lesson that we got a good thought of a couple of nights back. Not to go to Moab. Fellowship with the Lord. That's that's where that's where I'll hang my hat. That's where I hope you do, too. You know, maybe some of us aren't aren't good with keeping up with things for our needs to be met by what the Lord's provided. I just consider Him my financial plan. I'm not saying we can't sharpen our pencil and learn that stuff, but but trust Him first. Trust Him. The way back home gave anticipation of help. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Oh, if Elimelech would, would have just been still and known his Lord. He's a very present help in trouble. She anticipated help. The way back home gave anticipation of the heavenly. And I'm talking about the people of God. I'm talking about being with the people of God. If you have worked or you do work right now, do you notice a difference in gathering with the co-workers and gathering with the saints? 
there is a difference. To come in together with the saints in this kindred spirit and like-mindedness about the most important thing that there is. I tell you what, that, that just overcomes any pettiness that passes by. Pettiness is going to pass through and pettiness is going to pass by. But, but a like-mindedness with God's people to come and to worship God's people, that's overwhelming. That takes it over. We know that there's people that operate in the flesh. We know that there's unsaved people in the church. We know that the devil is roaming the aisles because he is very intimidated by God's church. He doesn't like it. And he's trying to tear it up. And there's a fight going. We're, we're in a fight till we go to heaven. But I tell you what. There's, there's no focus that has to be on any pettiness going on. We're here to worship the Lord together as the family of God. I was just having a talk with someone that does not seem to be too close to their blood kin folks anymore after being saved. And there's a, there's a lot that can relate to that. The family of God gets really close together for a very important reason. Very important reason. You know, I can break off some business ties with people. I can trade in a place. And if they do me wrong, guess what? You're not going to see me there. I'm not going to open the door and your bell's not going to jingle because of me anymore. I can break business ties, but it's hard to break believer ties. We're going to spend eternity with one another. We're going to be together forever. And, 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 and pettiness becomes smaller than ever, or it should become smaller than ever, as we consider who we are with one another, the family of God. We're all working on that, but let us be mindful. Let us be mindful of that tonight. She's going back where she belongs. Naomi is. She's going to gather with the saints. You know, we, we belong. We belong one with another. No child of God, no member of this church should come in feeling like they don't belong. We, we belong here. It's not a certain height. It's not a, a certain shade of skin. It's not a certain anything. It's the people of God. We belong. Naomi knows she belongs. She belongs back with God's people. She's anticipating that. Let's talk about the word back home, though. We talked about the way back home and all of her anticipation, but... But the word back home, in the middle of verse 19, we pick up. And it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. You know, when you're, when you're looking at this and when you're studying words, there's just some words that seem to stand out. You want to study them all, but there's some you definitely want to study. The people were moved about them. That means that they were in an uproar. That means that they were in an uproar and they were stirred up. I mean, when Naomi comes showing up, the word got around town so fast, you'd have thought they had cell phones. You'd have thought they were messaging. There's some kind of instant messenger going on. Some kind of group chat, Snapchat. I haven't done a lot of those, but I know they're out there. 
And, and you would think that they did it the way the word spread so fast. And why wouldn't they? Here you have one who was a wife and a mother when she left. And she comes back a widow. And she comes back childless. And she has a little Gentile girl with her. There, there was definitely a stirring and an uproar. Naomi went through a lot and it's like she didn't even have to say it. I can't imagine how many times she had to tell the story to different people once she got back home. But you could see it on her. You could, you could see it in her. That hardship was written all over her. But she had a word. When I talk about the word back home, I'm not talking about the word that went around Israel on their stone cell phones or whatever they did. I'm talking about a word from Naomi. Na- I tell you what, Naomi had a word. Naomi had a guiding word. Look with me in verse 21. She says, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. She's telling of God using her circumstances here for good. God uses hard circumstances to produce good things. God uses circumstances to guide us. The Lord was working when her husbands and sons stopped living. The Lord was working He was pounding away at the path back to the promised land through her poverty. If you remember, she couldn't provide for herself. She couldn't provide for her daughters-in-law. And the Lord was working through it all. And the Lord is offering help. And the Lord is offering guidance through every event of life that we go through. So that we will make the right decision. You understand, Naomi came to a place where she had a decision to make. And the Lord was steadily moving and operating in that. He is very, very passionate about helping us. He's a very present help in trouble. We need help from the Lord. And He's, and he's talking through circumstances inaudibly if we'll hear it. So that we'll make the right decisions. I, what Do you see it? I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. The Lord worked through these circumstances and He brought me. This is a guiding word because the Lord was guiding her back to where she was supposed to be. We not only see a guiding word, we see a grieving word. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me? You know, God doesn't have to move into action to afflict us. God doesn't get mad to afflict us. The result of our own wrong choices afflict us. And God allows them to happen. You know, I stopped and I thought about, I thought about the choices where, that we've made and we haven't suffered the consequences from them all. God's mercy stepped in. And we haven't experienced that. But in order to be afflicted, all he has to do is let those consequences come about. 
She has a grieving word here. She admits her choice, and that's a great thing for us to do. The first three words of verse 21, if you'll notice those things that stood out there to me. I went out. What a great acknowledgement. What a great confession that she chose. She went out. She acknowledges her decision. She gave herself the name Mara. That word Mara means bitter, by the way. It's not God's fault she's bitter. It's a result of her own choices that she's bitter. God calls her Naomi. That means pleasant. And he has something pleasant in store for her. He made her full and pleasant in the promised land. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God's plan is to fill us and Satan's plan is to empty us. And many Christians open the door for the devil to come in and give him permission to do so. I mean, because because it's a deceiving picture of that world out there. It's a deceiving picture and it looks all right for some. Some may look at a, at a backslidden Christian that, that's out in the world and they're doing something they shouldn't be doing and they seem to be getting along fine. And maybe it's the temptation of all. And maybe it's a temptation that really gets a hold of one and they're watching and they just go off and do the same thing. But they should have waited. They should have waited until the bottom fell out. Because the bottom will fall out. They should have waited until the rug was pulled out from underneath. Because that's what happens with a good loving father that doesn't want us to keep on going on in sin. Who doesn't want us to go to the world. Or maybe one was watching that professing Christian, that one that was on the membership role in the church, and they're off, and they seem to be doing fine for a long time. The rug did not get pulled out from, uh, from underneath them. They, and they, they just seem to be doing great, and it tempts one to go off when they weren't even a child of God. They were an imposter. They professed, but they weren't even a child of God. And the Christian goes off and gets, gets a chastening from the Lord. Because the Lord doesn't whip the devil's kids. He whips his own. Opening the door for him. Opening the door for him and going to Moab. Look, God uses the choices of his own children to draw him to him. Not not the devil's. There's a guiding word here. There's a grieving word here. But there's a God-glorifying word as we go pick this back out again of where is it? Right here in, in verse 21. Just these words, the Lord hath brought me home again. Let's just stop right there because that is a God glorifying word. Paul says our light affliction is but for a moment and worketh for us. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good to them who love God. These things are working for us. God is working for us. God is working for His people. God is working for the best for His people all the time. The great potter is spinning and molding the clay and everything. Do you believe that tonight? Because He is, and He's molding something beautiful, and He's making something good out of difficulty. He even takes our trash choices we've made, and He allows us to recover from those things. And He's molding, and He's guiding Naomi and all that has taken place so she can get back home. 
I don't have time to interject a lot, but things keep coming to my mind. I'm sorry, because you might ask, what about Elimelech? What about Malon? What about Chilion? They died. He was working to guide her back home. What about them? They died. Well, let's just leave that to God. Let's leave that to God's foreknowledge. We want to claim a foreknowledge sometimes. Well, they're never going to do this. Well, this person's never going to be saved. They're not going to come back to the church. Oh, they'll visit, but they're not going to. We think we have that foreknowledge. God has that foreknowledge. And we don't know what happened, but it just may be that, that Elimelech has hardened, had hardened his heart and his sons just followed right with him. And, and they weren't coming back to the will of God. God knows if they were or not. And if they weren't, they could have hindered and probably would have hindered Naomi from it. What, what, a, what a dangerous thought that, that, that we would hinder a child of God in some way. But we, we don't know. We don't know if that's the case or not. Bottom line, whatever the case, God was patient with Naomi. And God is patient with us. Consider... Consider him bringing her back home. And he does the same for you and I. We can thank the Lord for his long suffering. We can thank the Lord that the saved sinner that's straying can come back home. And just something special about home and the will of God. Home is still home. She, she's coming right back in the will of God. Let's, let's look at the wealth back home. Uh, I'll never apologize for keeping on preaching, but, but I want to go just a little more. And I want us to look at the wealth back home in verse 22. Because there's a wealth of deliverance we can see. You see, you see she's coming back in a time of barley harvest. You see that at the end of verse 22. Well, that, that's also, that's not just a time of barley harvest. That's the time of the Passover with the shedding of the blood of the Lamb to commemorate the Lord delivering His people from sins. And they are honoring Him by the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. They are remembering that the Lord delivers His people from sin. It's a picture. The Passover is a picture of coming home by way of the blood. There, there's never going to be another way for anybody to come home. It's only by way of the blood. No one's going to outlive the truth. It endureth to all generations. And you come home only by the blood. You come back home only by the blood. So that barley harvest time, it was the time of Passover. And the blood's the only way back home. We see the wealth of deliverance. He has delivered us. We are very rich in faith. If He never does another thing for us, we are rich in faith because we have been delivered by the blood of the Lamb, the only thing that cleanseth sin, and money can't buy it. We're rich. We're rich in faith. The wealth of deliverance. The wealth of supply. The Lord brought Naomi home at the first gathering of the grain. I mean, I mean, she comes home and there's the gathering of the of the barley. It's the barley harvest and she is able to gather. She is able to reap. There's a song I listen to in my garage sometimes on my CD player. I'm reaping from fields, Lord, that I've never sown. God is so good to us. And and we reap sometimes. As a result of the blessed people of God. They were sowing wickedness. Back when the planting was going on. 
back when the sowing was going on, they were back in Moab still, sowing wickedness. And they got to reap righteousness from the sowing of the people of God. You ever sow? You ever reap from fields you've never sown in? We're not earning our way with God. We don't deserve anything we have. You know, you kind of think about the man in the world that you invite to church and he's got a problem with the offering plate and he says, I'll work hard for my money and I'll decide what I'm going to do with my money. Boy, it's a, when you come to grace, you know that we're not earning anything. We're reaping from fields we've never sown. We're reaping from heavenly fields. Wow. The wealth of repentance. Look with me in verse 20. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. Naomi called herself Mara. You understand there? In verse 20, which means bitter. And look at verse 22. Say, so Naomi returned. <laughs> the Holy Spirit calls her Naomi. I'm Mara. Holy Spirit says you're Naomi. She's looking at her past sin and that past ball and chain and she's calling herself Mara. The Holy Spirit is looking ahead at the blessings and the glory for her and He's calling her pleasant, Naomi. The people may have viewed her as sinful, but the Lord viewed her in blessing and in glory. Her plan made her bitter, but God's plan will make her pleasant. The wealth of repentance. It's all because of repentance. This change of mind and change of heart that leads to a change of action. Oh, the way, the way back home. Where home is still home. We're, we're bound by sin in, in one sense that we're going to be bound by till we get to heaven. But maybe there's someone here bound by a sin and I mean, it's, it's something particular. It's coming to your mind and it's, and it's trapping you. It has you weighed down. Is, is that someone here tonight? Have you named yourself something here tonight that God hasn't named you? Because you're looking back or you're staying stuck in something in the present? Those who have wandered off can come home. The child of God can come home to blessings and glory. It's for every child of God who might be away. Home is still home. It, a comforting thought. Think of the prodigal son. Think of, think of him. He had his speech laid out. He had his speech planned. I've sinned against heaven. And, and he gets back home. And he gets interrupted from his father that falls on him and kisses him on the neck. He doesn't want to hear it. He, he just hears that tone and heart of repentance. And, and, and he's got it. And he's back home. Kill the fatted calf. That's, it's for every child of God today too. It's for the unsaved one. It's for the unsaved one. There's a home for the one who is unsaved, who has never come to Jesus. There is a home that continues. A home continued to be there for my dad who rejected the Lord till he was 78 years old. I believe with all my heart that the Lord saved my dad. 
because he believed the gospel. I can believe the Bible and believe that. And there was a home that the Lord just had had waiting for him. If if we set up, if we set up a ministry that we were going to shelter the homeless here. We had a building. We were going to do it. We advertised. We went out and we talked to the homeless. And they never came. They never came. We'd probably shut down the ministry. And go to something else. But God doesn't. God doesn't. God had Jeremiah preach. Turn from your sins for 40 years. Guess how many converts he had? Zero. But guess what? There was still a home. For anyone who would come to Christ as Lord and Savior. Child of God, God forbid we be off and away. Don't go. Don't go to Moab. But there's many in Moab. And we need that thought to lodge in our heart tonight that home is still home. Bubba Mills, would you close us in a word of prayer tonight?